I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kenny. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, light on calories, loaded with taste. Today, we're going to be talking about Minute, a game that was developed by by J.W. Kitty... J- is that Jukio? I don't know. And I just wrote it. I just wrote down what it said. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it was published by Devolver Digital. Uh, the reason that that was... I, oh, yeah, I guess it was also released in 2018. Uh, and it's on everything now, which is convenient, but yeah. also a little weird. Uh, but Linux, Mac, Windows, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and on Android and iOS as of 2019. Um... The reason that I gave a big stilted, stumbly developer thing is because this was basically just developed by four unassociated people. Yep. Like they, they do not, uh, like are they're not a company. Yeah, they did not incorporate. Yeah, uh, when you complete the game and it goes back to the like title sequence, it just shows four Twitter handles and is like, here you go. These are the people who made the game, which is like. An incredibly honest kind of way of doing this. Like, mm-hmm. it's like if we just called our podcast Chad and Andy <laughs> podcast. I mean, people do stuff like that. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. But uh, I wasn't expecting that, <laughs> I guess. No, it's definitely uncommon with video games. Yeah. Uh, so, Minute is a action-adventure game, like a Zelda-like? Mm-hmm. It's like a top-down 2D Zelda, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that style. Yeah, and of course the catch is that after finding your first item, a cursed sword, uh, you have one minute to live, and then every time that you die, you respawn at like your most recent like save point house. Mm-hmm. Uh and so the goal is basically to complete the entirety of the game uh, in these one-minute chunks. So all of your travel time has to be done from, like, certain points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you have these little bases that you launch little expeditions from. Like, you do some exploring, figure out, like, several different kinds of goals you need to accomplish and try to figure out how to do them. Uh, and you can only do them in 60-second uh, increments. Yeah. I ended up really clicking with this, like, more than I thought that I would. Um, my initial impression, and this is dumb of me, and I realize, was like... <laughs> so dumb, Chen. <laughs> I'm probably going to hate having to go back to the start every time, but where my my uh, lizard brain wanted to jump in with all the hatred and malice, mm-hmm. the rational part of my brain should have said... Literally the furthest back you can possibly go is one minute. Yep. And once that sort of clicked for me, the game became a lot of, I don't know, like the the exploration ended up being very enjoyable. And I know I did not complete this to the fullest extent that you can. Oh yeah, me neither. And I sympathize with that because I had similar thoughts. I'm sure they they weren't as strong in my mind as they might have been in yours. You have a, you have a less dominant lizard brain. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, I I have a recessive lizard brain. Um, but um, because like I don't like roguelikes because the idea of having to start a game over is after I've invested a bunch of time is very unappealing to me. Right. Um, but this only is a sixty second loop and. 
I don't know if it's the presentation or the fact that it's so upfront with that with that's what the game is. It doesn't really feel like you're losing and being set back over and over again. It's just how the game works, and I think it makes it palatable if you were worried about that yeah. sort of thing. It's a really interesting design challenge as well. Um, like, I didn't look into the history of this game uh, because that's not what we do in this podcast. Be informative. But mm. it feels like the kind of idea that sort of, like, springs forth from, like, a game jam type situation where somebody just, like has an idea for a game and they sort of talk it through and be like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And getting to see it borne out in this game is actually really cool. I love the fact that like, because of the one minute time limit traveling, like you, the map cannot be very big. Yeah. Everything's got to be less than a minute away yeah. from like the bases. <laughs> and like, there's a more uninspired version of this game where they would have put, like, the checkpoint houses in, like, a big long line, and you could go all the way out, like, a mile away, and there'd be tons of map space, and they could do that, but it's not as interesting as trying to hide a lot of things in a very small area. Uh, it just is, like, it's it's kind of fascinating to see, like, how they gated everything, and while I, I won't say it's the most creative thing in the entire world, it's definitely, like, a really smart use of resources yeah i agree it, it's definitely the more interesting way to go to make it more dense and to hide things like yeah just be more clever with it and i i don't know whether that was more of an intentional decision or more of like a working within limitations kind of thing maybe a little of both but it it, it worked out for them i think <laughs> uh yeah no i i, I entirely agree i think the density of things is kind of like arguably the coolest thing about this game. Um, when I finished the game, like it gives you a little breakdown of all the shit that you got. And it was like, I never got the fast shoes. I didn't get enough coins for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't get the, uh, I got 10 of 16 items. I think like there were, there's a whole host of things that I did not find. And I genuinely thought I was being pretty thorough yeah, I think I had the exact same, like, 10 of 16 items. Like, I think if you kind of just go critical path and then just beat the game, mm -hmm. you'll probably end up around 50% of stuff done, 10 of 16 items. Because you get the flippers so late in the game, and I think that's the big thing that opens up a lot of the bonus content is being able to swim because right. they gain a lot of stuff with water yeah i noticed there's a there's like a weird octopus man in the temple mm -hmm. who asks you to find his tentacles and i found three of eight yeah i think i may have found four but i don't remember yeah and it didn't feel like when i got to the end of the game admittedly it was kind of abrupt and we'll get into that and why uh in a second I was thinking, like, where on earth could they possibly be if I haven't seen more of them by now? Uh, it really, it, it really is just like kind of amazing how they hit everything. And yeah, I do agree. The swimming is like a thing because mm -hmm. yeah, I thought about you get the the flippers like right before the end, basically. Um, so if you want to do all the extra content, you have to 
get the flippers and then turn around and go back towards like other parts of the game and, and explore with those. Yeah. Which I did not do personally. I mean, fair. Yeah. Cause I was, you know, you're right up there at the end and you just keep doing the thing you were doing. Yeah. That actually wasn't the case for me. Oh um, yeah. And this is, I guess this is where we'll talk about that. Uh, the minute podcast probably not going to be all that long. I mean, mm. again, so. <laughs> we should have recorded this in one minute chunks. Like we start over at the beginning after every 60 seconds. People would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nicholas Pocket. Well, we don't go that far. We just like, so in minute you, and like yeah, we just okay. start that at the, at every 60 seconds. That'd be very meta. Uh, but no, what happened with me was I'd gotten the flippers, uh, sort of like naturally, whatever, after getting all the guests and shit. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into the factory, I didn't know that that was going to be the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Like, it just felt sort of like another thing. Yep. Uh, And then, I don't know, there are clues for sure. Like, there are people in the waiting room who are like, now all the swords are being cursed and like, blah, blah. And there's the guy on the beach where you pick up the sword at the beginning who says, like, you got the sword, you got to go to the factory. So, yeah, it is kind of hinted out that that's your ultimate goal, but, like, it doesn't really build up to it. Right. I mean, it would be difficult to do so with the format of the game, but, yeah. I agree. Uh, But, yeah, that is true. Like, there's... There's definitely, there is an inkling, maybe, that it was going to be the end of the game, but I, what I did not expect was for it to go into a boss battle at the end. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, though I will say, like, it does do a pretty good job of, of like, the difficulty curve, I guess. Uh, it's really hard to, like, map out what players are going to be doing in this game, um, but... I found that over the course of the game, the challenges I was doing ended up getting, you know, a little bit harder every time. And uh, the the factory is, like, where I should have assumed the boss was going to be because of how hard it is to map the difficulty because the, the last challenge of getting the watering can was probably the hardest thing that I had to do in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Then the final boss is fucking awesome, though. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It it it's that. It just seems like it's a uh, a common thing in like top, if someone makes like a top down game nowadays that the boss is gonna be like a cool bullet hell thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm struggling to think of an example, but if that is like the hyper case, light I'm drifter, glad. that's true. Yeah. Like, it, it'll do. Like I think any top down games I can think of that have bosses or um titan souls oh yeah like all pretty much all the bosses are like a big floaty thing that shoots stuff (laughs) uh man i didn't even realize i should go back and finish it'll do um but yeah that's that that is that's the game that's what you do in the game (laughs) yeah i i completely agree with your uh, thoughts on the difficulty curve though like it it got harder towards the end like as you would want Mm -hmm. uh but I thought, like, it was pretty smooth all the way through. Like, it took me, like, just long to puzzle stuff out. And, you know, like, it felt fulfilling. And, like, you were actually exploring and adventuring. Yeah. You know, so I think that's it is impressive how they, like, really nailed that, at least for for you and I. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. I feel like they did a good job with it specifically because this isn't a game, despite taking inspiration from Zelda and 
despite being a game with a, like a really punishing mechanic for not finishing puzzles. Like if you don't get a puzzle, you only have like 20 seconds at a time to work on it. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously part of that is that is built into the puzzle design. But the other part is like, if you really are struggling with something, this could take you a very long time to get past it. And it never really did, which makes me feel like they nailed the like the complexity of it mm -hmm. because you, you don't, don't have much time. Yeah, you don't really have that many actual like Zelda style puzzles, right? That would like take like you need time to sit and like figure out. It's more just kind of like a little bit more like lock and key. Like I found this piece, where do I take it? Right, and like you can do that kind of stuff in a minute. Yeah, I do want to shout out the negative puzzle that I didn't like as much, which was the one where you had to push the guy around and play hot and cold with him. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that he would change what he said if you pushed him. So I didn't for a while and kind of aimlessly wandered before I came back to him and ended up. Yeah. I also did not realize he was on a box mm -hmm. and therefore I could push him around. Yeah. So that was like a whole bit, but you know. They even, like, throw in a second reference to that guy to let you know that he's important because the, the hotel manager is, Yeah, like, he gives you hints. Yeah. So the fact that that is, like, called out, at least, makes it a little bit better. But it did take me, like, uh, I don't know, a couple dozen deaths before <laughs> yeah. I realized I should go back there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I found a few of the hotel guests without even realizing that the manager was telling me who to go get right so it made it harder to like notice that so yeah, yeah that was a little bit hard to figure out and yeah and, and a lot of the stuff that happens here is kind of unclear like and part of it is definitely by design the the game has like a real uh it's like a comedy game to some extent there are definitely jokes in it mm -hmm. and part of the jokes are kind of at the player's expense, sort of like, oh, you did this thing that doesn't make any sense? Well, now I'm going to do this other thing that's unrelated and still doesn't make sense to you. And it, it, there's not a whole lot of that, but it is like because everything is so frantic and the tech speed is so fast because that's the only way you could have done it, mm -hmm. you end up with these situations where you're like, you just sprint by a dude and something happens like there's the dude in the trees mm. that you have to like cut down and you don't oh the actually key in a tree is a much better example of this because in the the on the island area where there are these like generators and stuff in order to get into the basement of the house there you have to cut, cut down, down the big tree that's off the top of the screen that just has a key on it and it's like that it's insane that there's an item there and you would have just gotten the uh, ability to chop trees down and just like you basically had to do it out of curiosity, which mm -hmm. is what happened with me. And oh, yeah. Like, me oh, too. Okay. Good, yeah. You want to know what's up with that tree that goes off screen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's that kind of thing that like kind of pulls the tone all together with the rest of the design. Yeah. It's just like little cheeky clever things they do like the old man by the lighthouse is very funny mm -hmm. because you only have a minute and his tech speed is slow and he tells like this big long story and like the longer it goes on like the funnier it is that mm -hmm. like i had to spend a whole life like just run straight to this guy and to listen to his whole story 
It's like the uh, the no sleep mask. In, yeah, the uh, all night mask. The all night mask. The, uh, the nap sleep mask. The nap sleep mask. So, do we want to talk about the actual mechanics of this game, even though they're pretty uh, pretty shallow? Sure. Uh, I if you're a long time listener of the cast, or if you've listened to like the Link's Awakening or Minish Cap episodes, you know I'm a big fan of top-down style like 2d zelda type games and just like on a real base level i found this really satisfying to play and like the black and white palette makes it like a even more charming i think um they did a good job with the uh like the retro style of it um but yeah it's you move around with the d-pad or analog stick if you prefer and you swing a sword and you interact with stuff. You yep. know, that's basically it. Yep, that's the entirety of your verb set, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sword swing is very slow. Uh, and obviously that is intentional to make it take time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's like the the highest cost you can pay. Uh, and so it makes combat this like... Combat is not what this game is about. No by a lot at the end of the game i had like five hearts and i feel like it was basically unnecessary to ever have more than two really yeah because if you get hit more than twice you've probably already wasted enough time that you won't be able to finish the thing that you're doing i feel like the scorpions were the only ever like real threat (laughs) because they move in a like less predictable way yeah that's fair I mean the sword, the dudes with swords. Oh yeah, were hard in some capacity because they would like their swords reached slightly longer than yours, or I don't know if I yeah. was just real bad. They had such. I'd never really had any trouble with them because they had <laughs> such long cooldowns in between when they would attack. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like so I'm you could like just the... kind of run in and shank them all real quick, you know. <laughs> I see. I really liked the the sword throwing ability you mm-hmm. get because then I don't even have to engage at all with them. Yeah, you just got a nice projectile attack. Yeah. Um. God. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah, I thought the camera was weird. Uh, you only ever needed it to get into the factory. The wait. The press pass. What? Isn't it a press pass? I thought you get a camera from like this hut past the frog with the lily pad you had to throw the sword at the archers never went there oh well there's a camera oh weird i didn't (laughs) get that item if you just take the camera with you uh he'll be like oh you're part of the press because you have a camera does he say are you part of the press now i I, quit okay then i found the press pass which is a different there's two different items for that that does the same thing yeah yeah and you can you can take pictures with the camera but I don't know what for. Like, I'm sure that's used for a secret or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's presumably a thing. But yeah, so like when you went back to your um, your little base, like the whatever home that you were staying at, like outside of it, there'd be the watering can and the camera, which were alternate things you could take with you. Right. Man, oh, man, you take the camera instead of the sword. Yeah. That's very weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wonder what the point of that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure it had some other use, but I never found it. Yeah. And I mean, that's sort of the case with a lot of the things. Like, this goes back to sort of what I was saying about the tone of the game, in that, like, 
the items because of the the frantic nature of like how you run around you don't often get the chance to like see what an item does immediately you have to sort of like figure it out mm-hmm. and but like the example one of the first items that you'll get in the game is just coffee uh which you do by killing five crabs and talking to a man in a in, in a cafe and the the coffee is what lets you push boxes which I don't know, kind of makes sense. It doesn't. But, <laughs> but I think the game does explicitly tell you what that one does. Well, yeah, it's the next time that you're on a screen with a box, it says, use the D-pad to push boxes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the, the tutorializing comes in. The same thing with the the toss glove, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. The sword throwing power up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it just like sort of flashes a thing up on the screen. But if you go into the items menu, it actually has a description of everything. And I did not know that the coffee was what was letting me oh, yeah. push boxes. I thought that I could just always push boxes. I didn't know that I needed an item to do it. So, yeah. Items. I think what's left is to talk about the audio and visual presentation. Uh, which you didn't mention the visuals mm-hmm. a bit ago, but I think they're definitely worth calling out because it is very like, <laughs> it's weird. It's gotten more detail because of like the higher resolution than you would have been able to on an older console. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that a lot of the character designs and the scorpions really br- <laughs> like drove this home for me uh, in their classic 1984 song. No, uh, <laughs> uh, is that like the the character models are clearly based on like Atari twenty six hundred era like pixely graphics mm-hmm. where everything was a little bit too you know the guy who made the pixel art mm-hmm. n- knew that that what it was supposed to represent was so clear but no one who looks at it will ever see the same image that he did. Uh-huh. The, the scorpions are kind of just like this mess of pixels. <laughs> I thought they looked like scorpions. <laughs> well, I mean, they do in an abstract sense. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just really, it brought me back to sort of that like adventure era where everything mm-hmm. was just sort of like, it, oh, that's a key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, even like your main character almost kind of makes me think of like the, uh, the atari version of pac-man like i think you're absolutely right where like this there's especially with the scorpions like there's this style of pixel art um from the atari that's a lot more like long rectangle shapes like they're not very circular right yeah they couldn't do circles like at all uh yeah so everything is is the long rectangle pixels and the very few pixels per inch right like so this game has like a weird double standard because it is like a modern game and wasn't didn't actually have the technological limitations where they're designed that way but then there's some items that are way more detailed just to sort of like let you know what the thing actually is Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's kind of i mean beautiful is a strong word but i think that (laughs) their decisions uh, with the art in this game made it look really, really good and fit the tone of the game really well. Yeah, and it it kind of makes... The thing it makes me think of most specifically is the original Game Boy version of Link's Awakening. Um, 
I don't know if you can recall exactly what that looks like. Um, I only ever played um, the Switch version and the the DX, the color version, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah, but you just kind of reverse the color palette where it's a black background and, and white sprites on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, the ghost house that's, like, above the cemetery felt, like, very Undertale almost because, <laughs> you know, it's, like, the black and white palette and, like, the, you get the more detailed house uh art asset in there and it stands out um but yeah i totally agree like it's just like a nice um simplistic only as much detail as they need like uh like the way that they represent the sand there's like some pixels here and there and like (laughs) waves or just a couple little waves yeah it just it comes together nice yep did you ever solve the ghost house puzzle uh i don't no i mean like i went through it a while and then when it's I, such an indignant yeah like i don't know i don't know exactly what you were supposed to air quotes do there but like i went through it for a while trying to figure out something and then i left and i came out and there was a ghost outside named like mary or something and i talked to her and got an achievement for it okay so i think i might have accidentally solved it nice so it's more than i can say yeah. i didn't know what to do and i didn't go back after i died i know like taking, there's also a bone yeah taking the bone which you let you see the ghosts uh, okay. i think all right uh so if you take the bone and like you go maybe it was taking the bone to the house is what did it i don't know uh, who knows <laughs> but yeah taking the bone with you let you see and talk to the ghosts i feel like i should play more of this game at some point <laughs> Uh, yeah i i the only things i have left are like some nitpicky things um you mentioned the sneakers way earlier on yeah Uh, i feel like those were a little bit of a missed opportunity um if they would have made those like a main progression thing earlier on they could have made the map a little bit bigger Mm because you could have like in design around that so you could get up further um but as they are they're only used uh in the secret temple to get through that little maze um and the only uh, the other thing i have is i think with the the way the game is now like the way it's designed um i think some of the extra content like the secrets and bonus stuff could have been integrated into main story just a little not all of it because you still want secrets but like some of it like getting the tentacles and the coins for the sneakers feel like it should be main game yeah. content and not extra so those are those are my two nitpicky things i mean that's fair and from my uh experience like the coins were by and large too difficult to find yep i think i, I th- thought they were gonna be a main story thing same and I, I got like two or three fairly quickly and then it was just like nothing mm-hmm. until maybe i got like maybe two more later on and that surprised me. Yeah, I definitely finished the game with like five or six of them, which is not a lot. It's not even enough for the shoes. Yeah, you need seven for yeah. the shoes. And there's like 19. And based on the one that I found by just like hitting a dumpster with a sword. Yeah accidentally it seems like they're in the most like barren pointless locations and yeah i think that if they had made those a little bit more apparent and made the some of the stuff more like required to do they could even sort of keep the 
major quest structure the same as it is and just let like if you are really really good and know exactly what you're doing you can still finish the game at the same time but like the shoes make it easier and these other things will help you do this other stuff and like just like being able to pick up the other items and make the like a breath of the wild type thing where you can like either choose to run straight for the end or go about your business and make it a little bit easier for yourself. Right. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with it. Uh, oh yeah. I wanted to talk about sound design, not just the music, which I thought was genuinely pretty good. Yeah. The music was good. There yeah. were weird points where it would just kind of cut out for seemingly no reason, but yeah, it's like screen dependent. Yeah. Like some of the screens don't have music. Some of them have different music. And I think if you ever prolong a run for longer than a minute, like by picking up an item or something, the song ends at a minute. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not a thousand percent sure that was the case, but I think that did happen. So there you go. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to mention was that like the actual sound effects in this range from being like, very true to the era, sort of like silly uh, sound chip style sounds mm -hmm. to being just like hilarious for some reason. Like when you kill a snake, it plays like the that like Japanese dramatic drum sound. It's like boom, and like <laughs> I don't it's like a it. rattle. It's okay, so yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, there's, I don't know, like, a lot of the, the hit sounds and stuff, like, everything's, like, tailored to the thing that you're actually hitting, which is nice, uh, and the just, like, the variety of shit that is, like, the sounds that play from, like, squeaky noises when you hit, like, NPCs that can't be killed and stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. it's just very good and I like it a lot. Yeah, I think you hit on it with saying it feels, like, era appropriate, but they, like, play around in that and they do some cheeky things with it for sure yeah no i i agree it's uh it's a very charming part of the game do we have any last minute thoughts uh, i was gonna go with second thoughts <sighs> but last minute is probably a cleaner <laughs> better thing second thoughts are the one is the one where you have to like think about it for a second yeah for a second for, for a at second. least a second yeah. maybe even a minute yeah uh, but do we have them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think as you were saying earlier, this is, it's the sort of thing where I thought I might not like it, you know, like depending on the implementation, like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy, uh, having to redo things every minute and, you know, it sounds like it could be tedious and unenjoyable, but in practice it's implemented well, it's fun uh, I feel like there should be more top-down games. Like, I just have fun with that base mechanical interaction. However simple and stripped down it might be here, it's still fun. Um, the mechanic is really clever. I feel like they could have pushed it a little bit further, but everything that's here uh, is fun, uh, not too hard. I think maybe that's even a benefit that they didn't push it too far because it could have gotten maybe a little bit too frustrating at times. Mm -hmm. So I think they strike a nice balance. Um, and I don't know, it makes me want to see like a sequel or something, another iteration on the idea. I think there's still a lot here. Um, and this is a really good first like installment if 
they were to continue uh, on with this kind of a concept. But uh, yeah, so pretty positive uh, last minute thoughts on this one. Nice. Took me by surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree with all of them more or less. Like, I think, I don't necessarily know that this, I mean, you could make a sequel to this game pretty pretty solidly, I would imagine, but I don't think that it's like a, but I, I don't know how far you can expand this concept to make it, to continue to make it interesting. Yeah, I, I felt like they didn't, there was the, the thing like the old man mm-hmm. where you had to like get, go straight to him to hear his whole story. Like, I feel like that is a clever use of the one minute limitation. Right. And there's not a lot of stuff that's similar to that. I think that's one way you could up the, like, uh, I don't know. Complexity. How, yeah, the complexity. Yeah. How you could kind of flesh out the concept a bit more, but. Yeah. I mean, that don't make sense to me. Just, like, anything else that's like this would definitely, like, anything that takes this kind of strict time limit as its, uh, like, conceit, its general sort of, like, gameplay rule, would have to look back to this game now that it exists to be like what did minute do and like what parts of it were successful and yeah so i I definitely agree with that this is sort of a game that would be a good look at time as a mechanic in games uh like something that you could actually look back to and say like this is how they designed around that and it's interesting because of it Mm -hmm. i think i ended up being pretty positive on this um and I think a lot of the negativity that I heard about this game, there wasn't like all that much, but it was enough that it made the game seem like it had sort of a mixed reception, probably has to do with the length of the game. Uh, I don't know that there's that much that you can expect out of a game called Minute as Mm -hmm. far as like length of game, Uh, but I finished the game in about like an hour and 15 minutes, and that is pretty short for a $10 purchase. But I've also spent $10 on a cheeseburger before. Right. And that didn't entertain me for even close to an hour. And <laughs> I think that's probably a good way of looking at it. Like, this is a $10 game that you buy to entertain you for a day. And I it fucking works. Like, it's a good game. I enjoyed playing it, and I wasn't upset by, like... uh it not providing me like i said i didn't go back and do the other stuff and that stuff is there for you to do if you need more uh content out of it so uh in the end i agree mostly with what andy said and then in an attempt to add stuff onto it i also think it's a decent value proposition even if you don't think it is yeah (laughs) there's my weird economics final thoughts uh good job minute good game thank you for listening to no clip pocket What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Man of Medan. And I I legitimately do not know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but... That's how I pronounced it, so... That's fair, yeah. Uh, Which is like a... It's a a single or multiplayer co-op horror game from the developers of uh, Until Dawn. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I liked Until Dawn. Same. And uh, we never talked about it on the podcast, yeah. but it's pretty good. Uh, I think it, it the ending is a bit disappointing. 
I mean, it depends on. Yeah. We didn't we didn't play it multiple times. Maybe there's an ending that would have really tickled your fancy. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but until that time, oh, by the way, it's the reason we're doing it is because it's Halloween. Ooh, hot fuck. <laughs> uh, and until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. Uh, there you can find links to our email, our Twitter, our Discord. You can find all of our old episodes, uh, including the one that we did on Link's Awakening at the beginning of this year. Pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Switch remake. Uh, We've also got like Return of the Obra Dinn, another black and white <laughs> retro aesthetic game. We did Undertale. Undertale and the first episode of uh, Deltarune, Deltarune yeah. uh, which are, are similarly comedic black and white games oh and uh west of loathing comedic black and white game yeah more white and black on that one but you know fair <laughs> enough uh goodbye 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 now we can hope that we don't have to fuck with the audio at all fuck with our audio ben kenobi you're our only hope